Well, 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 it's uh, that time of year again. Um, I'm going on my summer holidays, so they, there won't be very many um, podcasts being posted. Uh, but um, to keep you interested, I have got a mini podcast here with the man who started takeout comedy in Hong Kong. Really uh, such a big uh, influence on everybody in this whole Asian stand-up comedy scene that's taken off over the last five, ten years. Today, very happy, I managed to pin down Jamie Gong. Um, it was a very good wrestling move. No, I managed to find some time to talk to, uh, to Jamie Gong, um, and he gave me a little bit of his time, tell a bit about how he came all the way from New York to Hong Kong to set up a comedy club in a place where there, no, where, where there was no uh, local stand-up comedy. So here we go. Um, we're going to talk to Jamie Gong. Um, of course, to keep my costs down, only the three most recent podcasts are listed on Podomatic and on my uh, iTunes. For all the thousands and thousands of episodes that you're going to want to listen to while I'm away on holiday, just go to my website, thebigbenshow.com, and you'll see if you scroll down, there's loads and loads and loads of, um, of episodes of jugglers, clowns, stand-up comedians, belly dancers, mentalists, all kinds, so uh, check that out. We're going to talk to Jamie in just a moment, but I want to tell you something. I was at a birthday party, and a little kid, um, about three years old, I was doing the show, and in the audience was a little three-year-old kid, and at one point he turned around and whacked the kid behind him, gave him a great big punch in the face, and knocked the kid over. So, of course, this is, I mean, this is too much, right? I, I allow a little bit of rumbunctious behaviour if they're just getting happy and overexcited and hyperactive, but this is, this is violence. So I immediately stop the show and say, that's enough, okay? And I have this sign that I hold up, and it, and it says, on the sign it says, Naughty Corner, three minutes. And I held it up, I read it out, Naughty Corner, three minutes. And bless him, the little boy had obviously had this punishment sent out before, <laughs> by, maybe by his parents, have punished him in, in this way. So he got up as soon as he saw the sign, and without saying a word, he walked silently to the corner of the stage and stood there looking sort of doleful. It was so funny. <laughs> he was going to stay there for three minutes, so I carried on with the show. I said to Al, okay, good enough, you sit down, and I'll carry on the show, but don't, don't do that again. All right, so... um. Well, that's it. Let's go and talk to Mr. Jamie Gong. Alright, Jamie Gong. Hello, Big right. Ben. Hello. Uh, Let's just get right into it then. We haven't got too long. Tell us about your life story. How, wh- where did you come from and how did you end up? Oh, in New York City. Uh, my mother's from Hong Kong, so I was coming here like 20 times before I moved here, uh, summer of 06. And I uh, just saw the potential of uh, opening up a comedy club not only in Hong Kong but in Asia. You know, why not? Who who doesn't want to laugh? Yeah. Uh, so I was doing comedy already since 1989 in New York City. Any uh, any family influence? Any reason you, you started comedy? How, how come? Not everybody. Oh, why I was doing comedy? Why, why did you try comedy when you were when you were uh, in 1989? Yeah. Oh, I love laughing. Love watching the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson many yeah. many years ago. Yeah. Just grew up with laughter, and then. Uh, did it on a dare in 1989 uh, at Syracuse University and yeah. got hooked and then got a little bit better then moved to New York City in 1991 back 
back home basically after graduation. So I was doing a little bit more, but I had a job, and I felt that that was just a job in retail, and I yeah. felt uh, that was not my calling. And uh, opening a comedy club and bring more laughter here to Asia is my calling. So you're working in retail and doing going to the open mics in in uh, New York. Yes. Ah, right. And but no, no, open mics. I was I was doing shows. Doing shows. Yeah. Ah. Tell me more. What were you doing? In yeah, I was performing at some of the top clubs. There, Gotham, Comedy Cellar, Comic Strip. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's Caroline. So yeah, I was already, I was already like performing some of the, the uh, top clubs over and there. And then I saw you at the One Night Stand Comedy Club in Singapore. Must have been mid to mid late 90s. No, no, no. I was old. That was part of my research. We we uh, we came here old. Nine times in two years, 05 and 06. And we did three shows before we opened up this club. And one of the shows we did was in Singapore with Paul Agata. Yeah. So, so, oh, you saw us there? Yeah, yeah. So we did one night stand over there. I saw uh, it was, I, was, I was still testing out my, uh, testing out my uh, uh, theory that there should be more comedy in Hong Kong. So that was part of my test. And, yeah. And it kind of worked. And then uh, now I look at Singapore now. There's, there's so shows every night in Singapore. Yes, now, do, so. you, do you think that, um, I mean, obviously, you've had a massive influence on the whole region because I've been in Southeast Asia since 1994. I remember going to an open mic with someone set up in Singapore. It lasted about two months and then stopped. I set up one, which lasted two weeks and then stopped. And so, it was, it, it, as there was nothing there, how, how did you make it happen? How did you manage to... Well, I went in Singapore. You mean? How do you make it happen anywhere? How do you make it happen in? Oh, like you have to plant the seed. Like we did over here, we planted the seed in Hong Kong, and then uh, I, I go to different cities to teach stand comedy. And Singapore is a perfect example. I yeah. went there five years ago to teach stand comedy, and uh, we started take out comedy in Singapore basically yeah. for ten months. Uh, open mic just like this, but since I was not there, we have friends run it, mm. but it died after ten months. But but Morena was my original that's, student. That's right. He saw the potential. Uh, revamped it, renamed the comedy masala, yeah. and then voila! Five years later, he's doing what I had hoped to do. Yeah. He gets two hundred people on a Tuesday night, so kudos yeah. to him. So now yeah. we work together with Umar, and then uh, and now Singapore too is, is a thriving comedy scene. There's so much comedy now in Singapore, Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur, Beijing, Shanghai, Tokyo. Uh, we did shows in Burma last November. Yeah. So for us, we like to say we set the bar and. Now there's growing comedy scenes, local scenes all around Asia, uh, basically uh, because of us. You know, we, we, we started with it, but we never said we were the first stand-up comedy shows ever in Asia. No, there was comedy shows before we came along. Right, basic pros though, yeah. right? But no one was focusing on the local scenes and teaching it, yeah. building, finding the next Hong Kong Jerry Seinfeld, the next uh, Singapore Billy Connolly. No one was doing that until we came along. Yeah. And and how about the uh, the various open mics that they have in places like the Philippines and yeah. and Beijing? Have these all started in the last ten years? Yeah, yeah, for sure, so for, they, sure they for sure, partly in booming, I would just say so that we inspire each other. Like yeah. I inspire them, but also seeing th- those scenes grow also inspire me to continue what we're doing. Also, so you know, because they, they, they don't have they don't have a professional. Club, do they? No, 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 no. Not, 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 not in the Philippines. Uh, I don't know. I think Singapore now has a full-time comedy club. Yeah. Uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, India, uh, Shanghai. Mm. Uh, but you know, we're the, again, we're the first full-time comedy club in Asia that we started before we even had comedians. Yeah. So, 
I know how you, I, I know how, how you did it, but what was, your, what was your business plan? How did you come to a country which you don't even l- live in, you come from America to Hong Kong, and you set up a club where that, for a comedy club, and there are no professional comedians, so what, what did you do? Believe. Yeah. <laughs> Take the risk. Uh, well, so I think and, what you did is you, you set up workshops, didn't you? Yeah. And you, you've we, well, I had to teach. To have a comic club, you need comedians. So yeah. I had to teach for the first time in my life, fall of 06. Yeah. Before we opened February of 07. You yeah. were one of my original, you were my original student. Yeah. You're the last remaining original comedian from yeah. February 2007, our original show. Yeah. So, and we're going to hit show 1400 in a couple of weeks. Our ninth annual Hong Kong National Comedy Festival is coming up, so it's amazing to see all this develop and progress through nine plus years. Okay, here's some random questions. Um, late Night with Conan O'Brien. You've been on Late Night with Conan O'Brien? Yeah, sure, I met him. Wow. Um, 19, oh, how about, um, what, what, are, what, are, um, what are like highlights? Can you remember any particular really good shows that you've really enjoyed? Um, you've done and also any show things that have, that have gone wrong I think all our shows have basically been great some of our shows that acts, that stands out that I think could have been better was uh, I mean in the beginning we had a few hecklers and then our, our comics were not experienced enough to handle them that's so true it yeah cause caused some awkward situations now if there are some hecklers now our comedians are more experienced to either ignore them or say something quite witty so me that's like for me it's amazing to see that develop yeah, yeah. Uh, with the comedians, uh, but the pros also. All the pros shows are always great. Paul Agata, as we all know, is our most popular comedian. For me, it's also great to see the the audience come see a professional comedian like these international guys that we bring over, and also for our local comedians to hang out with these guys. Like Nick Griffin is this weekend, first time ever in Asia. He saw the potential, and we were just hanging out yesterday and with Jim Bruski, and I I said, who would have thought for Jim Bruski for anybody to come all the way to Hong Kong to get a gig at Gotham Comedy Club. Yeah, that's amazing. To come all the way out here when you're in the States instead of just trying to go to New York City and get a gig. But you had to come all the way to, New York, to Hong Kong to get a gig at Laugh Factory, Gotham, Acme, and Punchline. I know. So Jim Bruski won our competition that's for those right. people out there who did not know last year. And now he's doing going to US America this time. Yeah. Doing a tour in a couple weeks. Brilliant. Um, how important is, the, uh, is your website for your business? It's a really important. It has all the information. We tell everyone to go to the website. And it has let's, all let's, the let's, information let's, for every, um, all the shows. Let's promote your, your Takeoutcomedy.com. Brilliant. Yeah, go and visit it. It's a really good one. Um, have you done comedy in different places? In the club here is great. This is a perfect place to do comedy. I've done it here for almost eight years now. Almost yeah, yeah, it's a long God. time ago. So, uh, where, where have you done comedy? You done Me? Comedy? Yeah. Oh, I've done in Burma, like I said earlier. I've done in Shanghai, yeah. Singapore. Um, How about different kinds of venues? Have you done uh, in um, hotel ballrooms? Have you done for private events? Yeah, I've done all, I've, uh, well, before I moved to Hong Kong, I was doing all over the USA. Yeah. So, weddings, bars, ballrooms, colleges, comic clubs, obviously. So, uh, outdoors I've done. So yeah. Outdoors? That's, that's why I've done it all. That's why I come over here. I. I I share my experiences with some of you guys, and that's why, for me, building this room, uh, we basically brought the best practices of all the comic clubs into this room. This, this is a store before, so I designed the whole room. And yeah. For those of you listening who's never been to our club, you should, you should come see our club. We've designed this room just for stand-up comedy, and it's getting there. The reputation is there. This is, 
what, what soon to be one of the best comedy clubs in the world. Yeah, I think it's a very good club. It's amazing. I've played in different venues, and this is a great venue. Why do you think this venue is so good? Intimacy, low ceiling. Yes. Yeah. And there's no distraction. Yeah. So we're lucky that we survive without a bar, without FMB. Uh, so that's good and bad. You know, that's why we think everyone that walks in, because their ticket sales helps pay the rent and helps us keep this going. Yeah. And we thank you, audience. Yeah, because I hear that a lot on other, on other comedians' podcasts about how hard it is when people start serving food and taking orders during the middle of the show. You haven't got that we, problem. We have nothing here. No distraction, low ceilings, intimacy. This is a kill room. Yeah. And you got the lighting's perfect as well. When you're on stage, the audience is in almost complete darkness for the, for the, for the performer. And you really are. Um, that's, you're the focus of attention when you're on the stage here. Great. Um, let's see, some random questions to finish up with. Ah, this is one I, I like. Because I do a lot of um, corporate events. And you must get some corporate events as well. How do you deal with a, a corporate event? I always like asking people I interview about that. Tell me how do you deal with it. Right, okay, for example, um, uh, do you get bookings from... The first thing is, sometimes I get the booking direct from... Um, the company who, whose annual dinner it is. Sometimes I get a booking from an event company. Yeah, yeah, an yeah, event company. Yeah. yeah. And um, say they want a, a stand-up comedian, and and you're, you're there on the night and you're doing the doing the show. Do you um, do you request that your act happens um, um, when they're not serving food? Yes. Things of like that. Yeah. You, you for those corporate events. 10 to 12 minutes is efficient. Sometimes they ask for half an hour, 45 minutes, yes. sorry, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I've heard uh, that before, yeah. 10 to 12 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes is good enough. I say 10 to 15 minutes, because if it's not going well, you, you kill it at 10, it's going well, then you do 15. Now see, remember, you're not, you're not the main reason why they're there. Yes. And that's why you tell them, also, minimal distractions, nothing is served, hopefully, you do it kind of after dinner, a little bit like because that that's when you don't want to serve you don't, you don't perform before dinner because they're already they're starving right yeah and also this is very important remember you're the only comedian there yeah. there's no opening act it's just you so the host first of all it cannot be a surprise you cannot the, yes. the people have to know that it's okay for them to laugh yeah and all, which means that the host which usually you have to really babysit them and tell them what to do have yeah. to really get everybody quiet Make sure that they know a stand-up comedians coming up. Yeah. That get ready to laugh, get them excited, and enthusiastic to see you, pump them up for you, and get your introduction right. Yeah, yeah. And don't say and we don't we tell you, hey guys, uh, hey, now it's for comedy. Hey, come up here. Uh, oh, come up here, funny guy. Come up, you can do it. Come up here. Yeah, and that's yes. the worst introduction. Yeah, but the so, worst is, is if you got that. If the host isn't, um, and the host usually don't care because they don't know. They don't realize and they don't know how important it is to introduce yeah. it that way. Yeah, I mean sometimes the host isn't even um, isn't a, isn't a professional MC. The host might be someone from the actual company itself yeah, yeah, who's yeah, just yeah. been who's just volunteered. Which, which, stuff. which basically you need to write your introduction yeah. on, on a piece of paper and you yeah. give it to them and you tell them and you might be hard but you you have to tell them just read this. Yeah. And how about the lighting? I say um, oh, I, I, I've done shows, and sometimes the whole room is in is, is almost as bright as daylight. And I, I try oh, to you say, have to tell you, you need make it well before you even perform. When they ask you your requirements, stage, stage lights, mic, a bar stool, hopefully, and yeah. those are the requirements. Yeah. If, if you know 
we, we've had comedians that done birthday parties, no, no stage, no nothing, no microphone, just yell out loud. But listen, the bottom line is, if they're paying a lot of money, it's up to you to see if that gig is worth it. Yeah, so, yeah. There's a lot of hell gigs out there, and a lot of people who don't want to pay you, and if it's not worth it, you know, I've done them all, so that's why, if you haven't done it all, you might want to do like a, a, a gig that is not the best, doesn't have the best setup. But you know what, if they pay decently, Oh, do it for the experience. Yeah. And you really appreciate what we have in this room. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I've, done, I've done them all, that's why I, I, don't, I don't do any more. Do you ever turn, turn it down? Because you just, you just think the setting is completely wrong? I just turn one down last week. Yeah, I, I, I get emails from venues that, hey, what, can we do a, a weekly show, a monthly show at, at our venue? So often, so if I don't know the venue, I'll do a site visit. Yeah. And in Hong Kong, a lot of venues here are. Almost every venue is not even made for for the comedy yeah. show. That's why I do a site visit. I tell them right away. I don't care how much money you're paying us. The show here's gonna suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's a good one. So uh, I, I'm, so so yeah. I visited a venue come uh, just last week. And I said we ain't gonna do no shows here. It was, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Um, going back to your your life or career, what are the uh, any turning points? Any really key moments that um, that changed? 9-11. Really? That yeah. was a big thing to do. I, I saw the whole thing in China. So that, that woke me up. That made me realize that, you know what, I, I need to quit retail and, and do more comedy. So take out comedy. I just started to... You were in New York. Yeah, take out comedy started to... Started to uh, uh, in Chinatown to revitalize the nightlife in Chinatown. It's, it's, it's on my website. So, so were we, you a tour guide? Yeah, for a while. Kind of Olympic tour. So we did so much to help our Chinatown. That's where China, that's where Take Out Comedy is born in Chinatown, New York City. Ah. And we grew nationally, internationally. Now we're here. Okay. Um, if you're doing um, if you're doing your if you're doing a twenty minute set or what, what what what's your favorite length of set if you're if you're doing a if you, if you were doing a set. And often you do hosting now, but if you're doing a set, what's your favorite length? Say you're at a corporate event today, what? is it your... Corporate first 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good how, would, how would you structure it? Would you... Um, you clean. Clean. Right? You do some research on the company a little bit. Yeah. And for me, I like to see which every show, no matter what, come early and see, see who's sitting near the front. Because usually these corporate events, they all know each other, obviously, right? And just like... Uh, uh, when you do charity shows where a lot of them know each other that type of audience you like to uh, do some crowd work yeah talk to the CEO because that then because then all the other workers will uh, love it because how often do they see the CEO make make fun of yeah 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 yeah. not Offensively, but you can always ask them like, "Hey, Billy, you've been the CEO of this company for so long. You know, we all want to know, but you know, these guys are afraid to ask. But what do you do for fun? Yeah, stuff like that. Put them on the spot a little bit, right? Everybody, because they all then will be curious, and yeah. then they'll also be on your side. But those type of situations, you have to again read the room and make adjustments and see what works and what doesn't work. Because your job up there is also to uh, entertain as well as make them laugh. Alright, here to close off are the random questions. Here we go. Are you a celebrity in Hong Kong? Are you I famous? I don't think so at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're sort of um, you're an underground famous figure amongst a certain circle. If you say so. Next question. <laughs> Do you get stage fright? Uh, 
I still get nervous. Yeah. So you know, that's, what we do is 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 uh, it's so hard. I I still get nervous, but like you know, I've done this for so long that I hide my nervousness well. Yeah. Do you ever get propositions after a show? Do people think you're sexy because you're a singer? I'll be poor when I was single now. <laughs> oh yeah, your wife might listen to this. Okay, let's move on. Uh, what's your... Um, you're, you're self-employed. Is it a lonely life? You know what? Yes and no. I mean, no one realizes what it takes behind the scenes to make this happen. So I do everything. I'm, I'm at my office. I work every day. Emails, Facebook. Uh, just promote the shows. I also people don't realize I also do the ticketing for this show. Wow. Uh, but then I love it. But then showtime comes is when we meet so many people. Yes, so I, I'm like the what I do is kind of like the extremes. I'm by myself working, but then when the shows comes, as you know, we meet so many people at the club. That's true. So your your daily routine is very very busy. You spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday doing yeah, the clubs and I mop. Buy water for the club, yeah. all these things. And yeah, you know, we, we, we do the. I have to do everything to, yeah. to keep the cost down. All the posters, the media, everything. You've yeah. got to sort, sort out. Sort out. Yeah, on stuff. And Friday and Saturday, you're, you're here doing the. organizing the shows. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, busy man. Uh, so, uh, Jamie, what do you think are your. Um, do you have any greatest strengths or weaknesses? I think my strength, strength is that I'm very fair to everyone. I try to help the comedians who want to be helped. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, weakness. Uh, I can't. I can't. No weaknesses. He's amazing. I, mean, I have no weakness. You're a legend. And as a legend, who's changed the whole of Southeast Asia and brought comedy here, how is Asia? Sorry, I would, say, I would say Asia. The whole of Asia. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm putting oh, you down. Yeah, the whole Asia. of Asia, if not the universe. <laughs> how has the industry and the market and the scene changed since in the last? Eight to nine years. Oh, it's, changed, it's changed tremendously. We've actually. I'm not kidding myself, people don't realize to have us run a comedy club. That's like for me, being more laughter in people's lives. We are prolonging people's lives to come see us. Yeah. That's so why I want people to realize the power of laughter. Uh, and also, you know, over here, before we came along, people never thought about hiring comedians or having uh, a comedian as an option for a dinner party. Yes. Now, we are springboarding people's careers. Yeah, we are giving like Vivek, never yeah, mind. Vivek, Mabel Bonnie, Jim Bruski, Jim our Bruski. competition, uh, uh, meeting all these comedians, like I said, performing at all these clubs and just now kick-starting people's careers because of this little tiny comic club. Amazing. And how do you see the future? Are you going to be able to, are you going to carry on doing this forever? I hope so. Well, I hope so. As long as people come support us, that's why we, you know, we, we thank you for supporting us. Uh, we thank the comedians for just doing what they're doing. We, we love it. And uh, last but not least, certainly again, uh, uh, we thank everyone that, that, that just buys a ticket. Jamie Gunn, uh, okay. thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Big Ben. So, that's Jamie Gong, And uh, I will be uh, back in a few weeks' time with some more episodes. I'm off on my holidays, so take care. Have a great summer. Take care. Goodbye.